Uh, this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break a, a homiletical rule that I teach the kids in homiletics, and I'm going to start with the title of this message. And uh, the title of this message is Sleep in a Giant Bed. Sleep in a Giant Bed. Now, uh, over the years, I've noticed that sizing of beds have changed. When I was a young guy, uh, I remember that the distinctions that I was aware of is you had single beds, which would use either for a single uh, person or you'd have doubled up and you had uh, bunk beds. Then you had uh, what we called a double bed, and that's was Kim in my first bed when we got married. I'd carried it over from single life. And so it was a double bed. And then all of a sudden you start seeing uh, a clue. If they put the word California on it, it means it's oversized. You'd think they put Texas on it. But anyway, so then all of a sudden you started having queens and then California queens and then king size beds and then California kings, right? So to my knowledge that commercially produced I think the largest size right now, or else my mother-in-law would have bought it already, it would be a California king. I'm just teasing. She's, she's always been innovative. And then we wait for 15 years till she's done with it, and we get it for free, and we move on. But uh, Kim and I have a, a California queen, which we got from Ted and Angela Bettis. Is it California king? Yeah, that's why you're over there, and I have to call you on a, on a telephone <laughs> on, way on the other side. <laughs> And, and so uh, the bed we're going to talk about, uh, that this one guy, his name was Og, he was a giant, that Israel had to knock out to fulfill their destiny. And his bed was 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. Okay? Now, here's the problem with sleeping in a giant bed. You got to go knock out the inhabitant. Many people say, I'd love to sleep in a giant bed. I really would. I'd love a lot of things. Well, do you have the vigor to go, go suck up that bad boy? We're going to talk about how the Bible teaches us about giants. It's very interesting that literal giants, historically, were an issue to Israel in acquiring and maintaining the promised land of Israel. We use the term giant similarly in our lives today. We'll say things like, I'm facing some giant problems. I have a giant obstacle in front of me. I have a giant opportunity. That's a positive use for the giant. Or when you go out to a hamburger, how many of you know if it says giant on it, huge mega mondo, you know, eat it, dance and Ralph. You know, you want that one, you know. That means it's going to be big. How many of you like, when it comes to something eating, you know, the giant burger, the giant taco, the giant pancake, we, we even like the word giant when it comes to that. But when it comes to enemies, we are naturally fascinated and afraid of giants and their power to do us harm. The Old Testament history deals with the battles with physical giants and the spiritual wickedness they walked in. The New Testament deals with the giants of sin, the flesh, and the devil. But when we conquer the giants, we get to sleep in a giant bed. <laughs> not, not just a double bed, a queen size, king size, or California king size, but a 13 by 6 foot bed. Let's unpack this. In the Bible, there are 12 
giants that are listed by name in the Bible. And, and many of us are familiar with the, 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 the giant. What's the most uh, famous one? Goliath. And you can go to uh, Magic Mountain and you can actually ride the Goliath and it's a cool roller coaster. It's, whoa, scary. And, and, and so there's Goliath there. And, and, and so Goliath is the most famous giant. But then he had four brothers and they're listed by name uh, in the Bible. But there were other giants and we're gonna talk about uh, a couple of them today as we, as we look at this. But Israel was challenged with the fear of giants as they left Egypt and they had been led supernaturally across the Red Sea. They had been sustained in desert by um, water uh, coming out of a rock. God sustained the people by miraculously supplying the manna, supplying them with quail. And he had defeated all of, of uh, Egypt's army at the Red Sea. And yet, guess what? Uh, like our lives, it's like, what have you done for me lately? Lord, you, you, you did all these victories, but I'm afraid you're not going to come through on this one. And so we find that when uh, they were ready to enter the land, after just months of being in the wilderness, and they were ready to enter the land, uh, Moses said, hey, 12 of you guys representing, uh, send me a good guy from each of the tribes, the 12 tribes, and go into the land and spy out the land. We know the story. That two guys came back and they said, hey, we saw giants there, but we can suck them up. Where did I get that term? I got that term from playing football. We were talking about last time, uh, uh, Pastor Mike was a linebacker for Crater, and he knows that feeling when, when you're facing a good team, and you know they're going to be uh, having pulling guards, and they're going to have tackles, that their job is to knock you down. And you're as a linebacker, I play to safety. You know, believe it or not, that's when I, my hair was long, uh, like Troy Palomalu. I was heavily tanned. People thought I was Samoan. And I, no, 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 I never looked like that. I looked like a small sausage that could move fast across the field. But one of the things that we, that in defensive huddle, you would say is, let's suck them up. And you'd, you'd hit each other, you know with the forearm shiver, and, and, and if you see football players, because they're gonna take contact and they stir themselves up like, this, this is gonna, there's gonna be some jolts there, but we're gonna out-jolt them. We are gonna drill them when they try to break through the line. A good defensive court, uh, coach doesn't like to give up a yard, much less five, 10, a touchdown. It's like stick them, stop them, drill them. And that was the kind of spirit that when the 12 spies came back, that Joshua and Caleb, they, they gave an honest assessment, and so did the 10, as far as what they saw. But Joshua and Caleb said, hey, we can suck them up by the power of the Lord. And the other 10 said, oh boy. I want, I want you to look at these scriptures real quickly. In Numbers chapter 13, verses 30 through 33, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other man who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we. 
So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we travel through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, or the sons of Anak, I think the, the King James says. The descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Ten guys came along. Now, l- let me just say this. If you're a spy, what's the key to being a spy? To be unspied on yourself, right? So I'm a spy, right? I'm supposed to be hiding, looking at others. How were these giants having an opinion of the non-seen guys? I read this many times over the years, and I thought, this isn't even logical. How could the land eat them, and yet the, it produces giants? Until, until Jake got me reading a book called Reversing Herman by Michael Heiser, and he brings up a fact from uh, anthropology and, and, and history that most societies have a story of giant people, titans, or other terms that were given to them. And including the Genesis account in Genesis 6, it said that the sons of God married the daughters of men. And out came these huge people that were evil. And they were the giants. Now, what they found that tied to the giants, and they found their skeletal remains in places like where the Anasazi the cliff dwellers lived in, in uh, like Arizona and New Mexico. What they found there is there's evidence that the giants may have been cannibals. What these people were fearing was more than a land that could eat you. They were worried about big freaking dudes that looked as short people, regular people. Watch out, Holly. Um, <laughs> Holly and Pastor Kim, keep your eyes on your fries. I'm just suggesting high heels, girls, and some cowboy boots, maybe. Okay. Okay, think about the giants. I mean, they, if, if, if cannibalism was really something that these, and it's, and it's recorded from different parts of the globe, where cannibalism and wickedness and sensuality and all those things that are very unchristian. The Bible says, don't devour your neighbor, love him instead. <laughs> and these guys, seeing through those eyes, they're going, Egyptians didn't eat us. <laughs> Do we want to go into a consumption land where we could be the new flock of sheep coming in? Okay, how many of you know it's okay to see with your regular eyes to get started, but it's, you, we, we can't sustain it? If you only see through natural eyes, you'll come up with conclusions like they did. Let's, let's, just, let's just can it. Can't plant a church. People aren't hungry. Uh, I can't really work through my marriage. I, we just need to end it. Da 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 da. How many of you know that you can see through defeatist eyes, or you can see through giant killing eyes? We're going to bring this bad boy down. We're going to suck that thing up. So we find here that that uh, they gave the the negative report, and then we see. Uh, starting the next chapter, then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. 
If you're a preacher and after your message, people cry all night because they're so discouraged and they lose faith in God, you really missed it. (laughs) These 10 spies brought such a negative report that the whole community wept aloud and cried all night. Could you imagine in a tent village hearing just sobbing? (laughs) Oh, there's giants, oh my gosh. My figure looks like a drumstick, yes it is. I could see some giant look at me and go, oh my gosh, we got a buffet today. Okay. (laughs) Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Okay, God replies, verses 28 and following. Here's uh, the word from the Lord. Now tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years or or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. You said your children would be carried off as plunder. Well, I will bring them safely into the land, and they will enjoy what you have despised. But as for you, you will drop dead in this wilderness. Wow. Couldn't you imagine for Joshua and Caleb, every time they went to one of their friends' birthday, and you feel bad because really your birthday wishes they'd die. Because they couldn't go in until all of them died. How many of you know they had to pray through before every birthday party? <laughs> okay, Joshua, Caleb, do you have anything to say about, you know, Levy? Yeah, I sure hope he dies because then we can go into the promised land. <laughs> People would be burning their birth certificates. Well, how old are you? Well, I don't know. I think I was like uh, 17 when, uh, when that big uh, disturbance happened. A whole generation because of fear of giants. We can lose our whole generational coupon out of fear of the giants in our life. Now, it's interesting about God. If you take a vacation from God's plan in your life and obedience to his plan, the off-ramp that you take will be the same on-ramp you got to get back on. Where you exit, well, you know, I'm just not going to let God rule my personal life, my social life. Trust me, you'll go around the mountain, you'll go around the mountain, you'll go around the mountain. But if you ever get reconnected with God, he will usually make you obey at the point of your disobedience, where you exited. And so we see that, that there was a little uh, point of praise that you find in the Psalms and other places in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, where it said, remember what God did to Sion and Og. And you're going, Sion and Og. Well, you have to have some context from the Bible. Because this, what made me want to study Sion and Og, why they were so amazing, because they keep showing up. Their victory over them was like, wow, if God could do that, if he could start us with some victory, this is amazing. So I, 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 I studied it a little bit more. And it was Sihon and Og were the first people they had to go knuckle to knuckle with. 
after they had done the wilderness wanderings, and there were times when Amalekites and others would give them some grief, but it was when now the new team, the people that were going to believe, the people that were geared to be giant killers, and killers of those who could kill giants, we're talking about some bad hombrecitos getting ready to go in the land and say, bring them on this time. We're going to suck them up. The Joshua trained bunch. Not the 10 spy trained bunch. But the guys, they play the game with the expectation, we're going to win every game. And so God says, oh, by the way, as you're passing on the west bank of, 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 of the, the Sea of Galilee and on the west side of the Jordan River and the Dead Sea, as opposed to the east side, which they're going to inherit, he said, I don't want you messing with the people that are your distant relatives. I don't want you messing with Ammon, Moab, their offspring of, of Abraham. I don't want you messing with Ishmael. But, and so... Their own cousin said, you can't walk through our territory. God said, don't mess with them. All of a sudden, they're smack up against this dude, Sion, king of the Amorites. Sion had taken what we call half of Jordan, maybe even parts of Saudi Arabia. He had smoked people who were giant killers. It's kind of like bad, bad Leroy Brown. You know, baddest man in a whole dang town, tougher than old King Kong, meaner than a junkyard dog. Okay, so I'm no Jim Croce. I know you young people are going. Scion. He was a tough guy. Josephus recorded that, that when Sion went to oppose them, first of all, he told them, he said, don't you dare step on our, our territory. Israel had offered to buy water, buy food, feed, whatever. Sion said, don't you dare. And Josephus said that he gathered every able-bodied man to come against Israel. There comes a point where you have to engage in the battle. You can't duck it. The problem with ducking giants is they have babies while you're waiting. If we're going to fist fight today, get your knuckles ready. Let's just get out in the backyard and get it on. Get over it. Get with it. And so Sion met him, and they smoked him. They smoked and took over that area. That's why for the two tribes that wanted that grazing country, they wiped out the West Bank. And next, after they get done with Sihon, then now they face Og. Og, king of Bashan, was offspring of the giants. And so his, they say that Og was most likely 13 feet tall. It's kind of like, okay, this is the Jewish army. How tall are you, Asher? Five, five and a half. Okay, Levy, how about you? Five, seven. Okay, how about you, David? 
I'm 5'9". Anybody taller? No. Okay, okay. In this corner, we've got the Jewish guys. In this corner, we've got a 13-foot giant. Anybody want to place their bets? 13-foot guy living in a 13-foot bed with six feet on either side. I want to sleep in that bed. Either have him roll over or kick him out. That's all you're asking God. God has a habit of making guys that are going to be winners all their life. He will put you into the fiercest fighting first where you can't deny it wasn't you and all your brilliance. You didn't come out there with spandex fighting equipment. Hi, guys, I'm here to fight. No, you've got to have courage. You, you, you will sometimes when you walk in faith, you will feel like throwing up. You will feel like this can't be God. You keep rebuking the devil, but it's God, and he won't be buked or rebuked. I sure wish we could get to the family fun day thing. This is my fun day. It's Sunday fun day for me. I get to talk to you guys and rattle your life. Because some of the times when Kim and, and I have been challenged by God, it wasn't the easy thing. Oh, oh, I rebuke you, Satan. God's going, I'm not being rebuked. You can find about me in the Bible, a holy one. I want you to face the hard thing. I want you to not regard the fact that you're just a five foot ten little German and get in there. We're well able to suck them up. Come on now, I'm excited about this message today. So what happened is the Bible said, so the Lord our God handed King Og and all his people over to us and we killed them all. I think sometimes we're way too soft on our problems. You know, I used to have a problem with drinking, you know, and I was like a, a certified alcoholic and, and I, you know, I've really cut back. It's going to grow again. It's going to suck you down. Well, you know, I, I used to have a problem with drugs, and I, you know, and as I did peyote, mescaline, drop some acid, you know, marijuana to relax, and you know, and I just got delivered from it all, but my doctor says for my back pain, I might want to smoke some marijuana. No, uh-uh. If it's a giant, it's best when it doesn't breathe anymore. And you read the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is brutal because God used actual circumstances to show us truths in the New Testament. I found the people that get sucked back in, they've got a sweet attitude towards what can kill them. And eventually, like that python, you keep growing up until you get a record of it killing you. Happened in London with a lady. It happened, I think, up in Seattle. Oh, it's just a cute little snake. Well, you're feeling that constriction around you. There'll come a day 
when that, that, that snake that you raised from little is going to suck you up. And then, and, then, and then, you know, but I watched all kinds of cartoons and there were nice snakes on there. It's a snake. It's a wild animal. This is a giant. They recorded. We killed them all. The towns were all fortified with high walls. King Agabashan was the last survivor of the giant Raphaites. His bed was made of iron, was more than 13 feet long and six feet wide. It can still be seen in the Ammonite city of Rabbah. Wow. Sion and Og. Lord said, Josh, we're going to have a warm-up team to start giving the boys an idea of greater power to come. It was cool to cross the Red Sea. That was a while back. Because now we're going to stop a flowing river. And we're going to walk by a city where they're trembling because they know of the power of God. But until then, you've got to have your first knockdown. And I want you to go against a, a, a guy, Sihon, whose name means warrior or sweeping away. That's Aramaic for suck you up. He was like a linebacker in the land. You want to come in here? Come through me. I brought everybody, every able-bodied man. We're on the edge to test you boys that have been eating manna and quail and couldn't seem to get your attitudes right. You better come in here with a new attitude and you better come in here with a better game plan. And God said, it's Joshua and it's Caleb because they have a different spirit that burns in them. These aren't like bow-down men. These are stand-up men in a bow-down generation. They understand the dangers. When they get delivered by the power of Jesus, they don't go back and flirt with the thing that nearly destroyed their life the first time. For all of you first-timers, I'm not usually this passionate. I'm lying. I always am. Please come back and just... Enjoy the tortaloca and all that, and come back. We need you, you, we need your money, we need your kids, we need everything. Okay. I was talking to someone last week, and I said this about the devil. As much as I hate the devil, I have to give him one thing. He's good as the adversary. The devil is great in how he can deceive the simple-minded, the, un, the, the, the uh, unsuspicious. This little giant, you know, I think this is Benji, the sweet giant, the gentle giant, the, the one that did the peas. He was pretty good. We see that Caleb came back 40 years. I won't read it. I'll just refer to it. He came after 40 years and he got before his buddy Joshua. He said, remember the promise that Moses gave to us? That we basically get to cherry pick our spot in the land. He said, you know that list of 12? I'm, 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 this, is, this is editorial freedom I'm doing. You know, 12 giants, some to come. One of them's name is Arba. And he's got a place called Kirjath Arba high in the hills of Judah. Became known as Hebron. 
But he said, 40 years ago, when I was 45 years old, I took out of there with vigor. And he said, I'm 85 years old, and my strength is not depleted. Neither was his spirit. He said, give me that mountain. Give me. Give me that big bed that Arb is sleeping in. I don't, want to, I don't want to have an army caught. It's time for me to roll in with some fierceness and occupy and sleep in a giant's bed. That's the guy I've targeted. Want to know his name? Arba of Kirjath Arba, my land. Josh said, your land, go take it. God has given us precious promises for our families, precious promises for our life. But like Roy D. Mercer, there's a question, how big old boy are you now? I'm 145 pounds, but awful wiry. Come on now. What are we hearing in Christianity? We're hearing a bunch of pablum where people don't have to have some vigor. They don't face any giants. They don't need a giant killer to live in their heart because God's never going to make you feel uncomfortable. Wrong. You're going to have to push and believe, and hold on to God, and pray, and declare, and hang around if it takes you 40 years. And Caleb said, I want that land. It was funny, because all that Joshua did, they went through, they were wiping out all kinds of people. They were having a hard time in the hills, because that's where the giants like to live. Not all of them took the high ground. But Caleb had a different spirit. He said, I want the high ground. And he got it. He recruited one of his young men who ended up marrying his daughter. They went in and they did the, the business. Boom. David was a giant killer. He most likely faced Goliath at age 17. I'm a helicopter parent. You know, I hardly let my kids at 17 go to the bathroom by themselves in the public. At least I stood by to be a, like a giant killer or something. I heard any shouting in there. But David killed the giant at, eight, at 17, and his guys eventually killed the four brothers of Goliath. Giants are blocking the promised land for you. Are there any humans here? If you're a human, a fog of air, wave, wave your hand if you're just human. That's all you have to do to qualify for this poll. If you're a human... Whether you're a Christian yet, or you're not, or, or you're you're uh, going to be a Christian, or maybe you'll never be a Christian, I can tell you this: there are giants that oppose everybody who is made in the image of God. Every every person have giants that are there to knock them down, and so we need help. The world's greatest giant killer was the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just read a few verses and we're going to start bringing this in for a close. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, it says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 
And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. I'd like to talk about, you know, I'm going to skip my outline from last time. I, 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 I'm going to give you some giant killing tips. <laughs> and then I'm going to finish up with how Jesus overcame some giants. Some giant tips. Tip number one, everyone faces them. Don't, don't think you're the only one with problems. Everybody else at church, everybody I know in Medford, man, everyone's living happy in Easy Valley. Only I deal with loneliness, lack of money, career challenges, layoffs, betrayal. Other humans face the same problems. Everybody faces giants. Number two, these giants will confront you on life's journey. You don't have to pick a fight. The fight will be picked. You just try to follow God and do the will of God. You will be confronted by this, that, or the other thing. Number three, they don't care about your age, young people. I visited a young man facing murder charge. He told me, he said, whether I take a, a plea or whether I get sentenced, I'm looking at 25 years. You lose your, you lose your focus. There may be a giant there willing to steal your destiny. Girls, you got a guy that loves you with all of his heart and he really wants to have premarital sex, that's a giant. And raising a baby all alone can be a giant obstacle and not that fun. When you cry yourself to sleep at night wishing that someone loved you, but you let a giant suck you up, that's why every young person should be completely attentive at everything ever taught from this pulpit or in youth. We were born at night, but not last night. We understand that giants, we've killed them for years. They don't care about your age. You're old. You can become old and foolish. You can destroy your life and your life's reputation by a few unwise decisions. Number four, you will defeat them or they will defeat you. It's going to be one, one guy leaves still breathing and one is dead. David knew that when he engaged. Joshua knew that with Sihon and he knew that with Og. Number five, if you seek to avoid them, they will live and multiply. The longer you, like, well, I'm just going to avoid confrontation. Trust me, babies are being birthed. You had one giant to deal with, now you got their whole family. <clears throat> Number six, if you win, you get to sleep in a giant bed. Through Christ, you win. It's amazing. Number seven, it's through faith in Jesus that the strength and courage comes. I want to read to you what Jesus overcame. As, that's why I call him the greatest giant killer. He overcame the giant of self-will. He overcame the giant of the fear of death. He overcame the giant of 
potential disobedience. He overcame the giant of distraction. He overcame the giant of temptation. He overcame the giant of idolatry, that is the worship of anything or anyone but God. Well, I could give up everything for God, but not him. God will have no other God before you. If there's a relationship you have before God, you don't have God, I'm sorry. You're close, but you don't have God. You cannot be an idolater and a worshiper of Jesus at the same time. You've got to lay them down. He overcame the giant of loving himself more than doing right. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And so we see here that concluding with, since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved, which means we will certainly conquer giants through the life of his son. My life changed on a March afternoon in 1971 when I engaged the giant killer in my bedroom and he asked me to go on a great adventure. It hasn't always been easy, but I'll tell you what. Those that are born of the Spirit are like the wind. No man knows from whence they come and whence they go. They're, 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 they're driven by an internal drummer and, a, and, a, and a, the wind of the Spirit. But one thing you'll notice about them, they understand that we've got to hit this thing running that not only do I have giants that I've got to face, but I've got people who are standing behind me and they're going to get courage. If they see someone come out, whether they're five foot seven or five foot ten, and say, we can suck them up while we breathe, saints. While we breathe, it's the time to be giant killers. It's time to say, hey, Look at that bunch. Look at that bunch of people that meet there on Table Rock Road. It looks like they're all a bunch of giant killers. They're a fearless bunch because God got all up in their heart. They were changed. It wasn't like trying to put on religion. And I want to invite you to come to Jesus today if you don't know him. Let's all stand up. Every week at this church, we give an opportunity for people to watch this, to receive something that's supernatural. I've talked to so many people in society and they say, I've tried to quit this, I've tried to quit that, I've tried to overcome this and I can't. And I, I'm intimidated because I think at church they're gonna tell me what to do and I can't do it. And I'm here to tell you, neither can I. But that new spirit, that different spirit that Joshua and Caleb, they were just as weak and just as challenged as the guys that were around them. But there was something in them that said, in every decision, we're going to have a God factor, not just the human factor, a God factor. And when the God factor enters your life, you are given an energy and a power and a deliverance to overcome anything that's an idol in your life. God is stronger than pornography. God is stronger than hatred and bitterness. God is stronger than unforgiveness that comes because someone really, in fact, did hurt you. God is stronger than loneliness. God is stronger than lust. God is stronger than anything that the giants in our society can throw at us. He's still stronger, and he wants to come into your life. But to come in your life, you've just got to say, Lord, help me. Lord, forgive me. 
lo siento, yo soy un pecador. En sus ojos necesita su poder y su perdón, Señor. Help me, Lord. I know that I'm a sinner. I know, God, that I failed. Give me a new spirit. Change my heart. I'd like everyone to just bow your head and close your eyes. I just, it gives everybody the privacy of their own thoughts. I believe there's a number here that would say, you know what? I really, I don't want to make some fancy pledge that I'll never sin. And the Bible doesn't want you to either. The Bible just wants you to call on God. If you're here today and say, Pastor Steve, as you're preaching, I want to know this giant killer, Jesus. I want him to kill those obstacles, those lusts and those drives and those addictions in my life. If that's where you're at today, could you wave your hand up? I just need to kind of know that we're touching base. I see a hand in the back. Boldly, hand up. See a hand down here. Come on, you guys. It's something to be proud of when you join God, man. It's like you're saying, I just need God. I need God. I need God. Get your hand up. Get your hand up if that's you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What we're going to do is I'm going to pray with you. We call it the sinner's prayer, and all it is, it's asking God for help. And you know what? I pray it every time with the same sincerity that I've ever prayed it, because I mean it every day. God, help me. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray for you, and then we're going to give an opportunity later that you can come and, 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 and get information on how to walk with God. We really like to know those who receive Jesus, because it allows us to be able to get in there and pray with you and coach you. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Father... I need you. I thank you that you're a God who makes the weak strong, who makes the guilty free. And today, Lord, I confess that I need you, Father. I need the forgiveness that comes through Jesus. I believe in you, God. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for the sins of the world to die for my sins. And I'm asking you to apply that blood on my account. Forgive me, Father. Make me new. You said if I would call upon you, I would be saved. I'm calling on you today, God. You also said if I would call on you, I would not be ashamed. Take away the shame and the guilt of those things that I've done. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you today, dear Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, let's give him a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. One last, one last prayer. How many of you can say, how, how many of you can say like myself, I've still got giants I'm fighting. <laughs> Seems like every year, man, there's a new bunch of them, like the zombie attack, huh? There's zombies that want to stand, or there's giants that want to stand in the way of your inheritance in God. Okay? You, you have the giant killer. Let's pray a prayer of help. How many think it's okay for Christians to ask God to help them? I think it's just perfectly okay. Could we do something really wild? Let's lift up both hands. And let's just pray this prayer together. Dear Father, hear my prayer. 
You have called me to face the giants. I don't pick which ones, but as they come in my path, I need your help. I've got some I'm facing right now. Help me, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit to face these giants with the blood of the Lamb and your word, the word of my testimony. We're well able to take that land because you're in me and you're working all things for the benefit of the believer. Thank you, Father. I receive this power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout.